Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds with Lee and Shea Preston, directors of Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We pray those who feel forgotten by Christ or who don't feel worthy to call upon the name of Jesus can come to find His hope, His grace, His healing, and ultimately, His love. Let's listen in as Lee and Shay seek to offer real answers to life's tough questions. Well, good evening, and we're glad you're joining us tonight. And uh, I'm Lee Preston, and I'm not here tonight with my wife, Shay. I'm here with a guest of ours tonight. This is Raymond Lopez. Hi, Raymond. Hello. How you doing, Lee? We're excited about having Raymond tonight to share his uh, his heart and his wisdom. Uh, as you uh, have, have heard in the intro, this is Shadow of His Wings Ministries sponsored radio uh, called Healing Hidden Wounds. And uh, we sure try to offer real answers to life's tough questions. And uh, I also want to add in there, I'm suffering from a little cedar allergy today. So if I uh, sound a little scratchy, I'll try to do my best to hang in there. And I also want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas because we're getting into that time of the year when uh, everyone's running here and, and rushing there. And I just hope that we're all taking a moment to remember that uh, Jesus is the reason for this season and uh, that we want to just lift him up throughout the next several weeks until uh, until we celebrate his birthday on the 25th. So we're hoping you're having a great Christmas and a brand new start to uh to this Christmas season and don't get too caught up in the shopping and the uh and the materialism but really focus on the love of Christ this season. So we're going to be hoping for that. I'm going to start off tonight with some prayer and we're going to start talking a little bit tonight about finding hope in our failures. And so let me just pray and we'll start in. Jesus, I thank you for helping anyone who's out there right now to to find the time to get to the radio to listen if they felt like they've just been a failure or if they've had a lot of failures in their life, especially failures in their healing. Father, sometimes people get lost along the way and they're afraid that um, you're just not interested in helping them find freedom. And so I just pray, Jesus, that if there's someone out there listening right now who says, you know what, I struggle, I've always struggled, and I don't know how to get free, I pray that we'll be able to show them some hope tonight. And I thank you that you are the great healer and that you came to set the captive free, and so we're just excited, Lord, about what you're going to do. And may you work in our words, and may you uh, may you speak through us. And I thank you for Raymond and for all the things that you've done in his life. And just the blessing he is to us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I also want to remind everyone, we are a, a listener-supported radio uh, program. And so if you hear something that you like, uh, please don't uh, hesitate to go on our website at www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com and go to the donate page. We would uh, we would love to have donors who'd help sponsor our, our mission here and sponsor the mission of Christ that we have felt felt call to we are also a listeners uh we also are a call-in show and so we have a couple of numbers here you're welcome to call in tonight we will be taking calls on and off throughout the evening our number is 210-340-9585 or you can call toll free at 877-630-5757 and so let's just jump right in and i'm just going to kind of Throw out a question to you, Raymond, and just kind of see what you'd like to do with it. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you've come from and some of the failures in your life. Well, first of all, uh, you know, thank you for having me. It's a blessing to be here. And Amen. Uh, well, I, uh, I'm i from Texas. Good. Born and raised um, all my life and uh, grew up in uh, East Texas and uh came to know the Lord about the age of seven, and uh, just remember that night hearing the message about uh, Jesus uh, being beaten and his wounds for us, and I remember as a seven-year-old boy just walking up that altar and and receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. But uh, I also uh, know that Satan was aware of that day as well, and uh, he had a different plan for, for me. And I see both 
both at work in my life. Um, at the age of seven, I was also, uh, I, I was molested and uh, began to get introduced to um, something that a, a, a young child should never should never experience and should never uh, have that as a part of their life. But uh, at an early age of 10 and 11 and 12, being taught by uh, extended family members uh, masturbation and uh, then being introduced to, to pornography and uh, at such an early age. And it just began to transform uh, my mind from something that was pure, and innocent to something that became dirty, um, something that became um, uh, just completely sexual. I, re- I remember for many of those teen years growing up uh, where I can remember a majority of the day just my mind drifting and uh, having fantasies and uh, Remembering all the images that I had been looking at, and uh, and so it, it uh, for for all my teen years, I was not serving the Lord. I was out uh, partying, fulfilling the desires of my flesh, and uh, it was around the age of nineteen where I began to sense a a calling in my life. And, Amen. And you know, I'm, before we get too far away from your childhood, I just want to I, I love what you said about how innocent your mind was until this hit. And I just really wanted to focus in just for a moment on that because I think sometimes people struggling with sin that they don't know how to get rid of, they oftentimes forget that their mind was once innocent. Absolutely. And I just love it that the Lord, when we're born, we have such an innocence and it takes something devious of this world that actually destroys it which pornography is a huge thing it's just a uh, the minute we unleashed pornography on this world is the day that it it really destroyed a lot of young boys and 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 sometimes girls innocence and so i just really appreciated you saying that amen and i i just remember so many times asking the lord if if he could somehow reboot uh, if i could somehow go back and get get that innocence back and I remember times just really angry with God and feeling like he let me down and why um, why can other people be pure and you know and I've, I've, that's how I perceived that others and I, I was the only one that was uh, broken or dirty sure or, uh, or, or unclean you know Satan loves that perpetuating lie that says you're the only one Raymond that does this. You're the only unclean, and that's what a little boy starts to feel, is it must just be me. I'm the one that God doesn't love. I'm the one that that he doesn't see because I begged him to take this away from me, and he doesn't. That's right. And that's just a really, it's a desperate feeling sometimes. I appreciate you kind of sharing that. Absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, it is desperate, uh, and it feels at times hopeless. Uh, hopeless, like you'll never, you'll never be there. Amen. You'll never know what it meant to be pure. And and I say what it meant because I, I remember t- times in my life, especially when, <coughs> excuse me, kind of fast forwarding a little bit to uh, around the age of 21, uh, God really began to deal with me. And, uh, you know, he had a calling in my life early from the age of 13. I felt called to the pastoral. Uh, ship. I felt called to the healing ministry, uh, and uh, I, it was a, a day at, at church, and I was in a Baptist church, and an evangelist came, and he was prophesying, and he walked to the back of the church and laid hands on me and said, when you're older, this is how you'll pray for people, and uh, he began to, to pray a prophetic prayer over my life, and so I remember going home at 13 knowing telling my next-door neighbor, my best friend, that, hey, look, when I grow up, I'm going to be a pastor. I knew I was so excited about it. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, at that time, Satan was at at work in my life, and I began to to experience a deeper calling at the age of 21 and uh, was drunk in a nightclub, walking off the dance floor with a Miller Lite in my hand, and the Holy Spirit just said, 
he he uh he had an altar call there and he began to speak to me and tell me that he was calling me out of that life and so i i i put my beer down went home went to church the next morning and dedicated my life to the lord and had the struggle uh my heart began to change because i now wanted to honor the lord i now wanted to um to to honor him with my actions and with my body and uh, for a while I did. There was a honeymoon stage, and then little by little I began to uh, I began to give in to these temptations. You know that my my mind had been uh, transformed, or or I don't know, conformed <laughs> to the pattern of this world. And Amen. my mind uh, it was completely programmed to think this way. And so tell me, Pastor Raymond, tell me, what does a young man do who's just gotten this, some of the best news of his life, which is you're being called to the ministry? What does he do with that moment mixed in with this struggle that the honeymoon's over and I can't seem to let this go? Well, during those days, uh, there was... I grew up in a church where I, I I personally felt that that there was a certain way that you were supposed to act. You know, if you didn't go to the clubs and you didn't drink and you didn't smoke and you didn't dance and you wore a suit on the morning, you know, everybody looked at you as a good Christian. So immediately, you know, when I gave my life to the Lord, I, I let go of 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 everything that I was supposed to let go of, and I went and bought suits and I started dressing up for Sunday mornings and. That same year in '96, I, I surrendered to the uh, to to the ministry, and I went to started going to seminary, and and so the the image I, I felt like I had to give the image that I was all better, and but I knew my mind was uh, was there was something wrong. I I felt that my mind needed to be transformed, but I didn't know how to do it, and because I was already in seminary at this point. I felt like, well, it's too late now. I can't go telling people. Uh, I can't go telling people that I'm struggling with this because they're already asking me to preach. And I'm supposed to be the one telling them how to get over. So, I, And isn't that interesting? I was just going to offer, you know, to listeners, isn't that interesting that, you know, you're being called already to minister. People are always already asking you to preach and you're struggling with this, you know, this quiet, silent sin that you can't tell anybody about. But I think some would say, well, maybe you weren't saved or some would say, well, maybe it wasn't a real calling on your life. What would you say to people who say that? Well, I, I asked myself that same question, so I can't blame them, <laughs> but, uh, at the same time, I was seeing the hand of God move. I was seeing people giving their life to Jesus Christ. I was seeing salvations. and seemed like nobody was turning down. There was such a fire inside of me to preach the gospel, and I was so excited to see lives uh, being changed and lives, uh, you know, giving their life to Jesus and believing on him. Every time, it seemed like every time I presented the gospel to somebody, and I'm not talking about just behind the pulpit. I'm talking about in the grocery store. I'm talking about at the gas station. I'm talking about... I, I was working for a transportation company, and I would be giving people rides, and I'd be sharing the gospel with them and picking them up, you know, uh, unsaved and dropping them off saved. And so I was seeing such a move of God. So I knew that God was moving in my life, and I knew that there was a calling there, and I felt the anointing, and I I, I, uh, I saw the result of the gospel. And, uh, and so I, I felt called, and... And that's why I continued forward. Well, and I really do believe you were called. I guess I was asking that to see what you felt at the time, because I think it's interesting. And I only I only kind of wanted to hear what you had to say to that, because I think sometimes the church can actually represent that it's really what we see on the outside that's the most important. So if you dress in a nice suit and you're well put together, then that's really all we care about. And yet, uh-oh, if we find out you have a sin that you don't know how to take care of, it's all of a sudden, well, you're not really a Christian or you're not really saved. And I guess that's part of the journey I guess we're taking tonight 
to find hope in our failures is that isn't it amazing how God could take you knowing well, the pain you'd been through your through your sexual abuse and the pain that you'd gone through by being exposed to porn and saying, I will someday set you free, but that's not going to prevent me from using you right where you're at. I think that's amazing. Well, I, I think it's just a testament to um, to the power of the gospel. Amen. Uh, Jesus said that he would build his church. And uh, so... There, there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the gospel. There's power in the word of the cross. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, thank God it's not all based on me. Amen. You know, because we'd all be going straight, uh, south. Right. And, uh, so thank God for the gospel. I mean, for the, the power of the cross. Amen. And, and for the, for the grace of the Lord that he was using somebody like me. Amen. Well, tell us a little bit about what happened next. Well, uh, I decide to, uh, and there's so much. I'm leaving so much out. I mean, we could talk for hours and hours, but, uh, you know, I decide and I, I surrender uh, through uh, signs that the Lord had been given me, that indeed he was calling me to the ministry. Um, and it was confirmed through my first day of class. Uh, and I won't get into that because it would take too long, these signs. But I, I did. I, I surrendered and started the ministry. And uh, I began to fight. And I began to fight. And I began to fight for freedom. Amen. And uh, I I did not. I was living two lives. But it was not. It was not my. Uh, it was not something that I was setting out to do on purpose. I desperately wanted to honor the Lord, and I desperately wanted to glorify Him through my life. Uh, but I kept finding myself fallen Amen. and fallen, and I would cry to the Lord. I'm talking about literally crying. I would fall to my knees by my bed and tears coming down my eyes because I wanted to honor Him. I wanted to present myself holy and pure to Him. And uh, I, I would, during those nights, I would expect, I would literally expect a wind that was going to come into that room and knock me down. I would expect lightning, and I was ex- I was expecting to hear a voice. And I remember going to bed disappointed and crying uh, and angry uh, because I felt that I wasn't free. And for some reason, I felt God wasn't freeing me. Uh, he wasn't delivering me. And, uh, you know, I had experienced a lot of rejection growing up. I uh, was raised in a town with a lot of racism. Sure. Um, and uh, I was a, a thin guy, wasn't very athletic, wasn't very popular. And so I experienced a lot of rejection. And I began to think, well, has God rejected me? You know? And uh, so those were, you know, those were the thoughts that had been going through my mind. Okay, I felt rejected my whole life. And now even you, even God has rejected me. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to say real quick, there may be folks listening out there who's who's feeling this and saying, wow, I felt rejected and I've got sin that I can't get rid of. You know, I really I really appreciate your your open heart to be able to share that, because so many times, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that whole got to be perfect thing to be a Christian steps in. And God must not really want to show up for me because he hasn't yet. And so often church people say, well, it must be something you're doing wrong. If you prayed more or if you went to church more or if you did more, then God would set you free. And I found in my own life and my own struggle with sexual sin and pornography, masturbation, homosexuality, I found in my own life that that you can cry out to God over and over, and sometimes he just doesn't seem to be showing up to set you free. But I, I want the listeners to know we're going to answer that question about where was God in your in your failings. But I also want them to want you all to know that even right now, as you're sitting there, you might be thinking, you know, I'm in the same boat. I've cried out to God. Maybe I you struggle with 
homosexuality or you struggle with sexual sin or you and and these aren't all Raymond sins of course these are just all that I'm throwing out here these are struggles that you may have had with something you cannot seem to get free from and maybe you've heard someone say you know maybe you're just not saved or you're just not godly enough or you don't do enough for the Lord or you don't go to church enough and so I just am grateful to have you here Raymond to share as we keep walking down this road of finding hope in our failures, I just appreciate that you're willing to share what God ultimately showed you about where was he when you cried out to him, expecting the wind, expecting the lightnings, expecting his His words and what he ultimately told you. I can't wait to hear. And so I also want to offer real quick that we are a call-in show, and our numbers are 210 210- Three four zero nine five eight five, or you can call toll free at eight seven seven six three zero five seven five seven. So after that event happened, Raymond, when you were sitting in your your room, wishing and hoping for a word from the Lord, tell us kind of what happened next in your journey. Okay, well, which time? Because I did that many times. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I did that. I, I, I couldn't even tell you how many times um, over years. Uh, throughout my 20s, I was uh, I remained single, so there was always that fight, and I felt that somehow, well, maybe I just need to get married because Paul said it's better to marry than to burn, and so uh, that's what I was thinking. Well, then I just need to get married, and uh, again, dealing with rejection, I felt like okay, you know, I couldn't find the right one, and and uh, just dealing through those brokenness and those doubts in my life, and. Continuing in the ministry, uh, continuing asking for deliverance, continuing to fall, uh, feeling like, you know, uh, am, am I actually in the faith? Have I actually communicated? Am I actually a believer? Am I actually, uh, you know, do I actually know him? Am I praying enough? Am I fasting enough? It's got to be my fault because God's perfect. Amen. And uh, so... That being added to my rejection and my not being adequate, not being good enough, and and uh, just continuing to to live that way for years and, and years until uh, one day I met somebody, and, I, and I'll, I'll just I won't share her name, but I, I met somebody, and uh, things were moving kind of fast, and uh, I proposed to her and got married the same year that I had met her, and. So my thinking was, okay, well, now, now I'll have the victory. Amen. Uh, because uh, I'll be able to, you know, to let out all my frustrations and and I'll have somebody at home. And and it worked. She'll be that one that'll take care of my loneliness and my hurts and I'll be married and now I can have sex anytime I want and all these things will be great. Absolutely. And and that was, that was my thinking. And... Uh, and it all worked during the honeymoon stage. I mean, literally. <laughs> the uh, and it worked, but then that feeling, that feeling of oh no, here it comes again. Because I could sense when I was gonna fall. I could sense when that temptation was coming, and when I just felt like I'm, it's too strong for me. I won't be able to stand against it. And uh, I had that feeling oh too many times and have had times of victory and then here comes that feeling again. And sure enough, it, it, it came back and, and uh, I fell into sin again and I continued in my addiction. And, and now, you know, in my 20s and, and, and 30s, of course, with Internet access, it was just more, there's more access to it. It was easier to hide and I I never... During those days, I never wanted to go get a prostitute. I never wanted to uh, go to a, a porn shop. I never, because for the fear of being caught out. Uh, so I I wanted to do in secret because my intention was that I'm going to have victory over this. So I didn't, you know, that that was a a, a kind of a, a a boundary that I put up. I guess. I mean, it, it didn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense now, but whatever the case, that's what I was doing. And uh, and uh, eventually I uh, I began to get deeper and deeper. 
at this point in my life, I mean, I had been in the ministry since 97 uh, as a youth pastor, associate pastor. At this point in my life, um, I began to pastor a church in Fort Worth. And uh, so I'm, I'm working full time, 40 hours. I'm spending time at work using work computer to uh, to 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 look at at porn. And so my thinking was, uh, at this point, I want to be free from this. So I said I needed to let go of this job. And I, my, my thinking was I wanted to go full-time into ministry because this way I won't have access uh, to this. I'll be at home. My wife sure. will be there. Uh, so I'm making decisions based off of my brokenness, making decisions based off of, of, uh, of wanting to honor the Lord still. Uh, after so many years now, I mean, we're talking, uh, we're talking, you know, 12 years now in the ministry, 12 years since I gave my life to the Lord and, and, uh, continuing to fall and still fighting for freedom. Amen. You know, and I think, uh, I think that's a key statement and still fighting for freedom. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that it's really important to know right now that there can be people out there struggling who still fight for freedom. And I think sometimes we make the assertion or the assumption that just because somebody struggles, they must not really want it very badly. And I just appreciate that you've given another side to the story because there are people who struggle and really want to let go of their sin and don't know how, truly don't know how, and yet they want to be free and they want to fight for their freedom. And sometimes... They don't know where to get it, or they haven't found it yet, or they wonder why God hasn't showed up. So I appreciate you sharing that. We're going to take a little break. Again, after the break, if you're interested in calling in, you can call in at 210-340-9585 or 877-630-KSLR. We'll be returning in a moment, and uh, please join us with any questions you might have. Well, welcome back. You're joining uh, Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, with uh, uh, sh- uh, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. I'm here with Pastor Raymond, and we're talking a little bit tonight about these uh, these sins that we sometimes get caught up in that we can't get rid of. And uh, uh, Pastor Raymond's speaking specifically tonight uh, to the sins of lust and pornography, masturbation, and uh, and finding that that struggle from that that appears, as I look at it, to be a, a consequence of the pain in your life, of abuse and of being exposed to things in your life that you weren't wanting to have in your life, by, by certainly by, by no means, but they were exposed to you. And then how do I deal with those as a kid growing up? Because I've got all this stuff in me now and all these exposed I'm exposed to images and to thoughts and these feelings, and so what do I do with these now? And it creeps into a young boy's heart, and then trying to figure out, just because I have these in my heart, and now I feel the the Lord calling me to ministry, how do I look at those two things together and kind of opening that door a little bit? So we are excited about continuing to talk about finding hope in our failures. And uh, you're welcome to call in. 
We have a, a, our local number is 210-340-9585 or 877-630-5757. And I'm going to start letting uh, Raymond do more of the talking because I, I seem to be losing my voice. So I'm just playing. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But <laughs> jump in and tell us a little bit about kind of where we left off. You were talking a little bit about the next phase. Well, this was a, a time that uh, I had experienced uh, a friend of mine who had fallen in the ministry, um, had a uh, uh, a spiritual leader who had a big fall himself. And uh, as a result, I began to um, take the next phase in ministry, I felt, at that time. And I began to pastor a church. I, I started up a church, actually, myself and myself and my wife. And I'm even now more feeling a desperate uh, uh, call and, and a desire to walk holy and to seek the Lord's face. And so and so I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to ask, what would you say to that person who might be out there right now saying, you know, he had that kind of sin in his life. He had that habitual sin. Why did he take on the church in the first place? Well, uh, Absolutely. I know that's a hard question, but I think it's something, some, a question that maybe some are asking. Well, there, there's so many things that I look back now and I wish I could have, uh, done differently. Um, you know, one of the things that during these days I had been seeking the Lord and, and, and the Holy Spirit told me what to do. But, uh, He told me to get help. And uh, I began to search for a, a Christian counselor. I, I, I needed somebody uh, that I could tell. And uh, so I began to search, but pride began to creep in. And I began to think, well, um, I know this is after the matter, but I began to uh, think, well, what are people going to think about me? I'm so far along. I'm already out of ministry. I, I mean, out of uh, seminary. And now I'm full-time in ministry. I mean... Now, now I'm going to come, you know, they're going to look at me and say, seriously, after all this ministry you've been doing? And that, that was my thinking. Um, I started to think, well, what will my wife think? Will she leave me? Um, I've already started this church, you know. Uh, it, you know, it's going to be embarrassing, you know, if, if they make me step down. Um, and uh, those were those were just the fears that I have. So I talked myself out of it. Well, and I want to offer, you know, even in that place, that that is a terrible struggle for pastors. And and I think the last statistics I read were about 60% of pastors struggle with pornography. And the amazing thing about that is, is I think somehow we've set pastors up to, if you have a problem, you either absolutely get removed from your ministry or... You better not tell anybody, otherwise we won't know how to handle it. And I think that really makes it hard for people, especially coming out of seminary, even seminaries. I've spoken to many seminaries who say we don't really know what to do if a pastor or a seminarian is struggling with pornography or lust. I mean, what we do is we just expel them or we get rid of them. And there's not many programs out there that say we want to help you, come to us and talk to us. Share what's happened and let us help you. It's either don't tell or you lose everything if you do tell. Sure. And there was a big fear in my life of losing everything. And uh, that was a tactic that the enemy was using in my life. Um, when, in fact, you know, Jesus said, if anyone must come after me, he must let go of everything. He must take up his cross Absolutely. and follow me. And, you know, I think uh, my brokenness. Uh, was uh, working against me in that area because uh, I had experienced a lot of rejection. And so right now I had worked for everything that I had, uh, you know, a wife, a family now, um, a church, respect. Uh, you know, uh, people called me pastor, and, and uh, that made me feel that, okay, now I'm accepted. And I was afraid, uh, you know, of losing that. And uh, that's what kept me from obeying uh, and listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, I wanted just a zap from heaven. I wanted it taken away. I wanted it done now. But God was showing me a different way. And at that time in my life, I was not 
I was not willing to to listen that it was the Lord. Uh, I had been crying out during these days and uh, desperately crying to hear the Lord's voice. I really wanted to hear his voice. Uh, He woke me up one night uh, and had revealed a dream to me. And uh, it was definitely from the Lord. And I won't go into the details of it, but he had he had showed me uh, something that had happened. And to the exact day. Uh, from the previous year, he had revealed something to me and woke me up in the middle of the night. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Raymond, said, I've been speaking to you for a long time, but you haven't been listening. And, uh, and so that was, th- that is really the first time that I can genuinely know that, in fact, the Lord, you know, all those times that I had cried out to him, in fact, he had been answering. He had been speaking. He'd been, Basically telling you get some help, right? Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, I wanted to hear it my way. I wanted to have it my way. And, uh, did I understand that, you know, the world doesn't re- revolve around me? And, right. uh, well, we all want the quick and easy healing. Sure. We want the healing to come with a word. And sometimes it just doesn't come that quickly. And some do. You know, Amen. Sometimes, and sometimes it does. You know, and I, I think it was those times, those testimonies that I heard other people, you know, that had victory over certain sins right away. And I'm like, well, I thought that was the only way. And uh, I, I, you know, there were certain things that I gave up right away. I used to drink like crazy, and that night that the Holy Spirit spoke to me, I mean, I gave it up overnight, and I didn't struggle with it. You know, um, that was something that I gave up, and I felt like. It wasn't even an issue for me, even though I loved to do it. Um, but, you know, uh, this was something that God was going to show me, that God wanted to show me how to walk in victory. And uh, so my I won't go into a lot of details about it, but my sin came to light. My wife found out about it, and uh, she left. And uh, she took my son and uh i found myself uh really just all those fears of everything that i was afraid of losing i lost it overnight my ministry um i had pastors calling me uh to tell me that my ministry would be over um that i would never pastor again and uh, and uh <coughs> My wife left. She took my son. I came home to an empty apartment. And uh, really is when all the pain really just began to surface. And all the, um, all the, the hurt and the rejection and uh, everything that I had worked so hard to have, I lost it, you know. And isn't it, I think it's a very telling story about how you're telling us that you knew God was kind of talking to you about getting help and doing something about it. And yet it was very hard to do that at the time because it didn't fit in your plan. It didn't fit in everything that was going on. And yet through through your brokenness, we all you finally came to the place when you lost a lot of your the things you loved you could see what god was drawing you to tell us what happened after you lost everything what 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 god began to do in your life and i'm sorry listeners i i hear just about everybody in the studio coughing tonight so there must be something in the air so i apologize ahead of time well uh during these days uh I never stopped calling upon the name of the Lord, and I never stopped seeking his face. Even in the darkest times of my sin, uh, I never I never stopped calling out to him. I believed that he was able. I, I believed, uh, I believe in the grace of God. Um, I believe that he is close to the brokenhearted. I believe that he is near the beggars and uh, those who understand that without the blood of Jesus, that we are nothing. And so 
you know, my my parents had come down after they had left. Uh, this is the first time that I really experienced um, silence, and I fell to my knees, um, and uh, I cried. I cried to the Lord, and I have sinned, and have sinned against you, O Lord. Uh, alone I have sinned against, and uh, I began to to cry out to him and put my hands in the air and I said, what, what next? What, what do we do from here? What do I do from here? And, oh man, let me tell you something. God just showered his grace upon me in those days. Isn't that the most beautiful thing? I mean, a lot of times as a church, sometimes we shoot our wounded because they, they fall into a sin and we just tell them, well, you got to get better. And when you're better, you can come back. But God doesn't do that. God says, I join you in your suffering. I meet you right where you are. And then I shower grace on you. And I needed it. I needed it. I, I went to and applied for an old job. I ended up not getting it. And I was just sitting in the parking lot at the end of their parking lot, looking at this empty field. And I remember looking out and, and, uh, I wanted to go there. I didn't know where it led, but it had to be better than where I was at. And uh, for the first time in my life, I, I I thought there is no hope. It can't get better. It will not get better. And I wanted to end my life. Uh, and uh, the tears were just coming down in my face. Um, the hopelessness. I pictured my son growing up without me and me not being there, and it hurt. Um, my wife had just left. Two weeks after she left, we found out she was pregnant uh, with my daughter. And uh, I called a, an old friend up, and he came to stay with me for the weekend. And began, I said, okay, well, I... You know, did the best that I could. I started searching. I started searching churches. I couldn't find the right place. I joined. I, I searched some mega churches in the Dallas Fort Worth area and just didn't find a place. And had gotten pastors calling me. Were still calling me. The last one that called me and told me I'd never pastor again. I finally told them. I said, well, "Did you call me to the ministry?" Amen. I said, "Jesus said the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable." So, I mean, if they're irrevocable, who are you to take it back? Because you weren't in ministry at the time. I wasn't right at that present time. Sure. And uh, about two weeks later, uh, a man shows up to my, you know, job, and I've never seen him before. He's never seen me, and he walks up to me and he says, "Hello, Pastor." And I look at him, and you know, I didn't, I didn't recognize him. And he said, uh, "I said, do we, do we know each other?" And he said, "No, no." He said, "I said, he said the Lord told me. He said God told me to call you, Pastor." Because he's not finished with you yet, and he doesn't want you to give up. Amen. And uh, so I had been searching for a church. I joined his church and began to seek the Lord. And uh, during those days, and and uh, I was now dealing with some legal issues. Um, and as I had, a result of your sin, as a result of my sin, and uh, was. You know, I got a lawyer and was fighting for, you know, just deferred adjudication uh, and uh, got a, a decent deal. But uh, I won't go to the details of it. But after some prayer, um, I had the option of taking two years in prison. And uh, I didn't want to go to prison. That was, you know, chicken, scared, you know, heck no, I don't want to go. But uh, I, I sensed that that maybe this was the direction, and uh, my mom was, you know, my sisters were you're crazy for even thinking about that, and I began to consider it, and I began to pray about it, and I felt that the, one day I was just home praying and asking the Holy Spirit because I wasn't going to do it if it wasn't if the Lord wasn't going to uh, be there with me, and I felt the Holy Spirit told me if you want to. Take the seven years, I'm going to prosper you. If you want to go to prison for two years, I'm going to prosper you. And uh, I said, well, if you're going to be with me, Lord, I'll take the two. And so 
I know we're coming to an end of the show, so I'd like to fast forward. Some people may be thinking, where, where's the hope in this, you know? Um, <clears throat> so talk to us a little bit about, you get out of prison and tell us, like you said to me earlier tonight, finding hope. Tell me where you found hope after you lost everything and you were out of ministry for a long time and you had lost your children and you have, you know, your wife's left and tell me where Pastor Raymond began to find hope. Well, you know, the two years that I spent, uh, in prison, I mean, the, God's grace and favor was just really with me. I began, I was a worship leader there. I preached every service, um, and I just saw the move of God in a powerful way in my life and learned more in those two years than I could, than I ever learned my entire life, uh, in, including seminary. And, um, but I get out and, uh, I still haven't dealt with this issue. And so little by little, I began to fall into temptation again. Uh, and um, at this point, the Holy Spirit reminded me of what I was supposed to do, and uh, I made a few calls and got redirected, and finances were working great, and so I got redirected until I found a young man by the name of Lee. <laughs> <laughs> that's where our paths crossed, right? That's that's where we connected, and the Lord just began to deal with there. And the Lord had showed me an image of a man who was released from prison. And he said, uh, this man is released from prison, but unless he learns how to walk in freedom and obey, abide by the laws of the land, he will go back to prison. And he said, you have been crying out to me for years to set you free. I set you free at the cross. Amen. Uh, his blood, the blood of Jesus was enough. God's grace is enough. Um, and I began to stop praying for freedom because I understood I'm free and uh, began to, you know, deal with with some wounds and, and insecurities and, and uh, inadequacies in my life and began to understand that uh, that I am, you know, I am called. Um, I am enough. You know, uh, I began to deal with little Raymond who hated himself, hated his body. Hated, hated what happened his to him. mind hated what happened to him hated uh at one point even expressed hate towards god uh because why would you know why did he put me in this situation um, and began to deal with these wounds and uh, began to understand that um, i am approved i am accepted uh, that god does love me and uh and it took some time it took a little process um some failures, some victories, uh, stretches of victory, stretches of failure in there. Uh, but I began to understand that a difference was that now I know I'm free. And there was a difference of understanding how to walk in freedom and understanding that the hopelessness was a major part of my fall. And uh, Satan tends to work in a major way in this life uh, is is making a Christian, a believer, feel hopeless in their Absolutely. life. And uh, so God just began to fill me with his hope and fill me with his promises and fill me with his love and fill me that um, that uh, that his grace was enough for me. And and I think for me is that I'm enough. Amen. You know, your story is a story of hope, and I hope that, that people are getting that. Um you know, being caught in perpetual addictive sin, paying consequences. You know, there may be some folks out there thinking right now, well, you know, he 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 shouldn't be in ministry because he was in jail, or he shouldn't be that because he had this problem. I just want to remind listeners that God looks at our brokenness and he sees it as a wound. He, so he looks in little Raymond's heart and he sees a wounded heart. And he does try and help us see how to get help, but sometimes we can't see the help from all of our hope, you know, or, our, or the things we hope for. I want to be good. I want people to see me as good. I want good things. 
So I can't tell everybody now what I'm doing because if I do, then I'll lose everything. And I've already been in loss. I don't want to go back to loss again. Right. And I love the way you said it earlier about it was kind of like the, 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 the children of Israel walking through the desert. It's like they couldn't find their hope. All they could see was that we're just rolling over and over in the same old place. And so I'm hoping that listeners out there, if you're struggling, if you've struggled with sin, the calling on your life has never been removed by God. Does he sometimes cause us to to have some struggles that allow us to see our pain, allow us to know that we have pain? Sure. But he never removes the calling from our life. He just says, it's time to work through your pain. And sure, it's best that you're not in ministry while you're working through some of that pain. But the calling never leaves, and I love that part about your story. Amen. <clears throat> so we're just, uh, we just want to leave a message of hope. Um, we just thank, I just want to thank Raymond. Tell us a little bit about, uh, your blog, your, your, your website, what you're doing right now. So in case people want to get in touch with you. Sure. Well, uh, through the direction of the Lord, uh, he instructed me that, um, that this journey was, uh, this freedom was not just for me, that he, uh, wanted me to lead others. And he showed me very vividly in a dream that I was to show others the way out. And uh, I started a, uh, Twitter account. It's called Breaking Strongholds, uh, at Breaking Strongholds. Uh, I also have a blog. It's uh, breakingstrongholdsblog.wordpress.com, okay. and I do a little bit of writing there. It's part of my testimony there. And so, um, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. Amen. You're joining Healing in Wounds. We're at the end of our time here. This is Shadow of His Wings Ministry. You can also jo- uh, email us at info at shadowofhiswingsministry.com in case you'd like to get more information about Pastor Raymond or maybe you want to find some hope in your own struggles because there's definitely hope out here. And we believe that God doesn't turn you away just because you've fallen. There's hope even for the fallen. And so join us next week. We'll be here at the same time, and hopefully this cedar will be out of my system. Thank you. We'll join you next week. Thanks for joining us, Pastor Raymond. Thank you for listening to Healing Hidden Wounds. Sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We hope through the words spoken here, you found Christ's hope, healing, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and this radio show is listener supported. Please go to www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate if you'd like to support the work we do. 